Hi, I'm Brendan McShane, the 2020 Nobleman Scholar, and this is the Canada's History Podcast. The defection of the Russian cipher clerk, Igor Guzenko, in September 1945, revealed to Canadian authorities a web of Soviet espionage spun throughout Canada, with threads running through atomic military research, Canadian Parliament, and across the world, in Washington, D.C., London, and Moscow. 75 years later, we can observe how a single defection sent ripples and cracks throughout the global military and political landscape. I'm speaking today with Dr. Calder Walton, who is the Assistant Director of the Applied History Project at Harvard University's Kennedy School of Government, the General Editor for the upcoming multi-volume Cambridge History of Espionage and Intelligence, and the author of an upcoming book on British, American, and Russian intelligence during the Cold War. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. How significant was the Guzenko affair to the development of the Cold War? Well, uh, the, the, the Guzenko defection in September 1945 was really the start of the Cold War. It revealed what uh, the Soviet Union, Soviet Russia, had been doing during the Second World War, spying not so much on the Axis powers, Nazi Germany and its allies, but instead spying on its on the Soviet Union's Western allies. It was a wake-up call for all of this, and it really foreshadowed events in terms of espionage and subversion that would echo forwards for the rest of what we regard now as the Cold War. In particular, I think the most revealing aspect of Gusenko's defection was his revelation that Soviet intelligence had penetrated to the heart of the US and British and Canadian atomic bomb project. Was that the main motivation behind Soviet spying in the West, specifically atomic secrets or secrets more broadly? No, it's absolutely um, part of Stalin's ideological conflict, as he, as he saw it in his mind's eye, of inevitable struggle with his Western allies, the imperialist powers, Britain, Canada, and the US. And so this sort of onslaught by Stalin and his intelligence services against Western science and technology, which included, at the most extreme, atomic secrets, was a massive effort by the Soviet Union against his Western allies. So this was part of arming the Soviet arsenal for what Stalin regarded as inevitable struggle or even conflict of some kind with the Western powers. The Guzenko defection really caught the Canadian government by surprise. Was there any suspicion among Canada's allies that there was Soviet spying going on in places like the UK or US? Well, you're absolutely right that it was a massive uh, wake-up call. And if you look at the diaries of the statesmen at the time, there's almost a disbelief, you know, how could this be happening? But of course, there have been minority voices in the British intelligence community, US and Canada, that had said throughout the war, don't forget about the Soviet threat, that the, the Soviet leopard, to use the phrase of one MI5 officer, hadn't changed its, uh, its spots. The reality of the situation was there were people within the intelligence communities on both sides of the Atlantic warning about Soviet, continued Soviet espionage during the war. But the problem was that Soviet agents had actually got themselves 
into the key positions within Western intelligence services themselves. One of the most extraordinary aspects of the British intelligence records declassified now about the Gazenko defection is they reveal that an MI6 officer played a key role in the investigation um, by British and indeed Canadian intelligence officer. This MI6 officer was the head of MI6's anti-Soviet efforts. His name was Kim Philby. In other words, there was a Soviet agent in charge of MI6's efforts to investigate the Gazenko affair. We can now see with hindsight the extraordinary way in which Philby, a KGB agent deep inside of MI6, tried to subvert and take over the whole investigation into Gazenko, obviously hoping to derail it. So in other words, he tried to sabotage the investigation from within. Did Stalin and his officers believe that there were any intelligence efforts going in the other direction? That the Western powers may have infiltrated or were attempting to infiltrate the USSR? That's an absolutely great question. And to the, to the best of our knowledge from Soviet archives, we can see that, and in particular, Soviet intelligence archives smuggled out of the former Soviet Union to the West, um, they reveal that Stalin was absolutely obsessed with the idea that there is no way that MI6 and America's wartime intelligence service, OSS, the predecessor of the, the CIA, there's no way they could be as incompetent as they, they appeared to be regarding the Soviet Union. It was almost like an insult when people like Kim Philby and other members of the so-called Cambridge Spy Network were reporting to Moscow that MI6 didn't have a single agent worth the name in Moscow. And Stalin said, well, that can't, just cannot be right. And then he went even further that and insisted at key points in the Second World War that, in fact, his best agents in the West, the Cambridge spies, Stalin said, well, they must be a very fiendishly clever deception plot. So actually, at key points, we can now see he turned away some of their intelligence, believing, as you said, there's no way that, that, that British intelligence could be so incompetent to not have an agent on, on the ground in Moscow. Once the Western allies discovered that there were these spy networks embedded in their nations, what were their various responses? Absolutely. Well, it was after sort of initial shock and disbelief about the scale of Soviet espionage against Western allies during the war. Then it led to different strategies on the part of the different governments. Truman was almost in sort of disbelief. We now know from British records that Britain's Foreign Secretary, Ernest Bevan, was taking a very hard-line um, approach about the Soviet Union, almost right then, as soon as possible, saying this cannot be tolerated and that we need to call the Soviet Union out publicly on this. Truman was much more mindful about trying to, perhaps naive, we might say in, in hindsight, about maintaining some sort of cordial relations with their former, you know, after all, it had only been a month, month after the end of the Second World War. It sent shockwaves through Western capitals. That's, a, an, I think, an accurate way of putting it. It also directly led to some string of very serious counter-espionage investigations in Britain and the US and, of course, in Canada. In Britain, the Soviet agent who Guzenko identified as being and working in the Allied atomic bomb project was codenamed ALEC. And 
Alec was soon identified through circumstantial evidence as being the atomic physicist, British atomic physicist, Dr. Alan Nunn May. And he was at the time working at a university in London. He was put on round-the-clock surveillance. And rather staggeringly, if you read the, the records now, sort of they read like a spy thriller, and they are declassified now and available from the National Archives in, in the UK. MI5, they knew from one of the messages that Kuzenko brought with him that Alan Nunmay was going to appear at a certain rendezvous. They put the rendezvous under 24-hour surveillance, waiting for him to catch him in the act of passing information over to a Soviet handler. Alan Nunmay never arrived. There's always been a mystery about why he didn't. Did Philby manage to tip off the KGB and get a warning to Alan Nunmay not to appear at the rendezvous? It appears uh, that that is exactly what happened. Suffice to say for your listeners, this story is the real deal when it comes to almost John le Carré-style espionage and counter-espionage. Yes, it's sort of, you know, the, the, the particularities of the, uh, of the great game of espionage and counter-espionage, but actually huge political ramifications for the Cold War and the onset of the Cold War. And really what the Gazenko defection showed was that the Cold War which we often think about and learn about as starting in the post-war years. In fact, Gazenko showed that the Cold War started much earlier than that and had been started before the West, Britain, Canada, and America actually knew they were in a Cold War. So Britain, America, and Canada were in a Cold War before they knew it. There's a direct parallel, it seems to me, with events closer to our own time right now where many people, I think accurately, are saying that we're already in, a, in another Cold War with Russia and China, but we just don't know that we are. Those contemporary parallels are really interesting. On that note of looking at the larger implications on the event's 75th anniversary, how would you summarize the significance of the Guzenko defection? I, I think that the, for me, the Guzenko defection and the, and the files that have been declassified on it reveal the intricate nature of counter-espionage investigations, but they also reveal the geopolitical events that are sort of looming behind counter-espionage often. This is a striking event that there is not just an extraordinary level of coordination in different capitals in the West to find Soviet Russian agents, but actually the consequences of this had profound post-war geopolitical consequences. I think that's a great way to round off this story. Thank you for your insights. Oh, thank you for having me.